Ho, ho, ho. Merry Giftmas from all at this game where. Oh, no. From all at this game where. He means me. <laughs> all two of us. And him, Chris, yeah. We, we don't have a big team. But yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is our first Christmas episode, one of five. Uh, so we're really throwing it at Christmas this year. Christmas episode this year. First Christmas episode this year. Did I not say that? I apologise. You maybe did. I was tipsy reading from my ho, ho, ho. If you're listening to this and you want to get a bit of backstory before you throw yourself into this Christmas, we've got two Christmas specials from last Christmas. One is Pokemon Red or Pokemon Red and Blue, and the other one is uh, Stargate for the Game Gear. So I'll, I'll leave you leave it up to you which one you choose out of them. Listen to them at your leisure, or now or later, I don't know, whenever. So this week we are doing something a little bit different. As Chris intimated in his jolly introduction, we're doing a bit of a gift guide. You'll know that by now because it'll be the title of the episode. I I always forget about that. Mm, Yeah, that That They know what we're going to be talking about. But (laughs) it's going to be a bit of a gift guide. We are going to talk about non-game gifts that you might for a gamer in your life or for yourself if you're feeling like you deserve it. And why not? And we thought we'd put it out today on the 3rd? 3rd of December, yeah. 3rd of December, because nice then if you think, well, that sounds all right, then you've got time to get on Amazon or elsewhere and buy it. Just buy it. Being aware that we're going to be talking about lots of things that they all will be somewhat related to gaming, so don't worry about that. But bearing that in mind, bearing in mind that they won't necessarily be games themselves, we're going to front up this episode with a list of games that we have enjoyed for for this year so that if you fancy playing any of them or getting them for anybody the list is there for you to reference we're not going to go into details about them nope if you want to know anything more about them feel free to go search for them or if you really want to and we are completely happy to do this come and find us on facebook or twitter and ask us ask us what we think and we will do our best to recommend the best thing for your situation. Some of the games I'm mentioning are games we've covered in previous episodes, so you could always download those episodes Brilliant. to have a little listen to them and see yeah, what you perfect. think. Actually, some of mine are as well, so that's, uh, that's perfect, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to start off then, Chris? Just run through yeah, the I games the that you would recommend to people. Prepping this list was probably the best thing I did in preparation for this. I think I enjoyed the most, so yeah, I'll, I'll crack on. I have exclusively played Switch games this year, apart from Plants yeah. vs. Zombies on the, the PC, and Two Point Hospital on the PC, which I then got for the Switch. So on the Switch, I have played this year and enjoyed Lego DC Supervillains, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion, Untitled Goose Game, Pikuniku, Abzu, which I'm currently playing. It was down to £1.90 in the sale a couple of weeks ago, and it is absolutely phenomenal. It's so relaxing. lovely, yeah. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Journey-style game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But underwater. I'm not quite sure where it's going, but I'm quite enjoying the journey at finding that out. Two Point Hospital, A Hat in Time, Mario 3D All-Stars, which we have discussed the pros and cons of Nintendo's business choices with that. The Spyro the Dragon Remaster trilogy. Mm. What the Golf? Night in the Woods, which I think is the only game this year that's made me cry. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. mm. I did say about Ori a couple of weeks ago, but that was uh, last year I played that, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Etherborn, Yoku's Island Express, and Gris, Gris, G-R-I-S. Yeah, I say Gris because... Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably right. It's French. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not Gristle. Not Gristle. You don't no. want to suggest Gristle. I've played Gris this year, actually, and I thought it was lovely. Really nice experience. So I would recommend that as well. I haven't actually got it on my list. Is that yours? Yeah. Are there any you concur with? Any Anything else you want to say Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. There, there are a few of those come up on my list as well. Ah. I'll run through the ones that I have got in my list very quickly. And if I accidentally say the same ones as, as Chris said, please forgive me. So my list for games that I've played this year that I've enjoyed, I try to keep them to things that have come out this year as well. So that's slight difference between our lists. So Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I finished that last week. It was brilliant. 
Hades, Kentucky Route Zero, which has actually released over seven years, but the last part came out earlier this year, Layer of the Clockwork God, Journey to the Savage Planet, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Planet Zoo, which has taken up a lot of my year this year, Nights and Bikes, Dreams, which is Media Molecule, and you can actually build your own games in there, and other people are building some amazing stuff in there. It's I find it very difficult, the creative side, but the stuff that people are making is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Two Point Hospital, which you did mention, and that also, I've got that on PC, but it came to consoles this year, yep. across the board, I think. Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a PS4 game, but released this year to PC, so you've got options there. Moon which is the on the Nintendo Switch, and it's the first time that it's seen a release in the West. It's a, an old-school PlayStation RPG. Yes. A really interesting game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are released across board. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which I don't particularly rate the collection, but the three games separately are brilliant anyway. Spiritfarer. So that they're all the games that I've played that I would recommend. There are more. It's not an exhaustive list. I have also got two other categories. Okay, so oh, bear crikey. with me. So released, but not played yet. So games that I'm interested in playing that might, if I remind you of them, you might fancy picking up. But they might be rubbish. They could be. They right. could be because I haven't played them. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. If you haven't played a Dynasty Warriors game, this would be a perfect place to jump in. I've played the demo of this and I've played the first one and they are genuinely the best iterations of a Dynasty Warriors game that I've played. So brilliant. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I haven't played this yet. I'd love to play it. I just haven't got around to it. It's been too much going on. Uh, Disco Elysium. Released last year, but it's been floating around my head all year. Uh, like I've literally been spent all year avoiding buying it somehow. Now, but I'm I'm going to jump on that at some point later this year, probably, or the end of, uh, or the beginning of next. Last of Us Part 2, not my cup of tea, but maybe you need the reminder. Ghost of Tsushima, I'm getting that for Christmas, so we'll have more to say about that in our roundup of the year. Paper Mario Origami King, I keep mm. running hot and cold on that, don't know whether I should jump in on that or not. Crash Bandicoot 4, Star Wars Squadrons, which is like flying around in spaceships, sounds really fun. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I do like flying around in spaceships. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, supposed to be, again, this is a bit divisive. It's uh, sending people in both directions, good mm-hmm. and bad. And then my last then, so that's my that's my release but not played yet. My last category is waiting for release. So these three games will be released this year and I'm interested in playing all three of them. So there's so Immortals Phoenix in, Rising. In literally the next month and they're coming out. In the next few days, actually. Right. One of them at least is coming out on, on Friday. So the day after we release this podcast, right. it will be out. And that is Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is Ubisoft's, supposedly, Ubisoft's take on Breath of the wild that's how oh, it started out okay and it has it has evolved somewhat since then it looks really good cyberpunk 2077 i'm sure people aren't surprised to hear that's on the list and then the medium which is an interesting looking game coming to xbox series x and pc and that's my list sorry it's so long are you asking for a, a console from santa for christmas this year i am not no and that will become clear why later in the episode right okay so we've decided over these festive episodes we're going to gift each other presents and due to social distancing and not being able to do this in person we're going to why are you talking about this well so i got a bit confused slash wasn't really listening to the plan and i've brought the (laughs) presents tonight despite the fact that i should have brought them when it's my christmas episode next week um so Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you give me these presents now, I'm going to know what your game is for the next week, and that's not going to work. I'm going to give you one of the presents tonight, and then the other present right. I'm going to give you next week's part of the the game. But it's going to tell me what the game is, isn't it? So you can't you can't do that, surely. I'll give you it next week as part of that episode. I mean, if you give me one of the presents today, 
I'm going to... Oh. They're supposed to be clues to the game, so how I'm not going to um, be able to... Yeah, um, I didn't really listen to that either. I'm right, not, okay. I didn't do good, did I? Am I on the naughty list? <laughs> you definitely are, yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's very difficult working with you. It's like working with a chimpanzee. So what are you... Right. Are you giving so, your presents this week? Yeah, so the present I'm going to give you this week is something edible, something that I know you really like. So right. I'm going to give you the pleasure of uh, enjoying it vicariously yeah and also because i think this might genuinely make me sick so i think that would also amuse you as well so is it licorice what i've bought you is a pack of six mint pies oh what what are you gonna eat them all yeah that's the plan over the course of this episode i'm gonna eat six mint pies oh right okay over the course of the episode so do you remember when we worked together and one of the things that the (laughs) company used to like to do You'd forgotten about that. Yeah, so I we're, we're, uh, For anyone that is, has been following along, you will remember maybe that me and Chris met when we worked at the same uh, company. And one of the things that the company uh, liked to do was eating challenges. So there were festive ones like uh, mince pie challenges. And oh, these smell so then good. I think there was a cream egg challenge at Easter and yes. so on. And there was uh, a... I think I entered one of them. Salt and vanilla crisp one as well. I don't think that ever happened when I was there. That know? was, yeah, before your time. Mm. I did the mince pie one because I was fresh in. I think I joined in September or October. How many did you eat? In the- was it like 22. It was oh ridiculous. But I still didn't win. I think one of our Spanish colleagues, if you remember, mm-hmm. a um, yes, a very tall chappy who also just he was a machine, infinite space inside him. So... There you go. So I've got these six mince pies laid out in front on me, um, just because I thought this might amuse you as well. So per mince pie, it's eleven percent of my fat for the day. So that's right, sixty-six percent of my daily fat intake. Uh, per mince pie, seventeen percent of my saturates, which is high. So six. We've turned 17. into a very different podcast. <laughs> and twenty percent of my daily sugar. So I'm going to have one hundred twenty percent of my daily sugar over the next in, in an hour. Excellent. Yeah. Good. So um, I might pass out. I, I've got actually. I might do this first now. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump in. So you've brought some mince pies. So that I feel like you're taunting me. No, happy Christmas. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to recommend. Um, I was gonna. I was gonna do it second, but I'll do it now because it seems appropriate. Obviously, our uh, hobby is a somewhat sedate, sedentary, mm-hmm. sitting around doing not very much hobby. So, in order to combat that, in order to counter that, I thought I was thinking of what we could do. Obviously, we have things like just dance uh, that have gamified exercise. But one th- one of the things that I got this last couple of weeks is this is a Xiaomi Chinese. So, apologise for my pronunciation. Mi Band Five. Spell M I B A N D five. If you buy a Fitbit, it will cost you at least fifty quid. This was twenty-seven. So being somewhat, how can I put it? That's nice to me. Being fairly frugal, maybe that's the best way to say it. I opted for this, and honestly, I couldn't be more happy with it. What's good about it, then? Yeah. So that's the obvious question. I yep. bought it with the intention because I've started running. I've started doing outdoor running. I realised that I haven't been doing very much lately, so I started doing outdoor running, and I bought this so that it would track my runs and it would tell me how far I've gone and so forth. So forth. I didn't have to do all the maths and the measuring myself with a yardstick. It does that. Does it great? It also though. And this is something that I didn't know I was going to be interested in. It measures my heart rate. So mm-hmm. it tells me what my heart rate is at any given moment in the day. And it also tells me how well I've slept. 
like the different types of sleep I've got in the night and how long I've spent doing deep sleep and light sleep. So basically, it has gamified my my well-being, <laughs> if you like, because now right. I'm keeping an eye, I am actively keeping an eye on whether I'm getting to bed and getting to sleep at a decent time and making sure that I go and run in on a regular basis and making sure that I'm running far enough and fast enough and getting enough exercise and all that. So it's gamifying that gives me a score for that. And it gives me readouts of my heartbeat. So if my heart rate is over time coming down, I'm going to feel sort of quite a satisfied boost, you know? Yeah, of course. Basically, if I haven't said that very well, it's made me far more interested in it than I've ever been before. Has your exercise regime improved since getting it? That's a better question. Yeah, so it's early days because it's only been a couple of weeks, but I've been for three runs each week so far. On a reg- So I'm doing it regularly. I've been running just under four kilometres and each run I've gone slightly further in the same amount of time. I left you in the dark then. I've just gone through four mince pies oh, and uh, my heart's starting to feel a bit funny, so I'm just going to leave the last two for a bit. Yeah, well, you see, if you had one of these bands you would know if your heart was going a bit funny because it would tell you i just thought it might appeal to people yeah definitely that's a a good call so it's a xiaomi mi band 5 27 pounds it's also one of the cheapest and most sturdy well-built pieces of equipment i've that i've ever come across like it's so much cheaper than any of the other versions of of a smartwatch to just clarify there that we're not getting paid for any of these endorsements. No, this no, is no. It's genuine I, endorsement. Yeah, like I was gobsmacked at how how nice it actually is, how nice it feels. When you think how much an Apple Watch mm. would cost you, 350, 400 pounds, and this costs 27 pounds, it, tell, it tells me when I get phone calls and text messages, I can read my text messages on here which I'm not really fussed about. I haven't yeah. bought it for that. But what's your first before I wrap it on a bit more? My first recommendation are the headphones I'm currently wearing, which ah, were, right, which okay, were recommended yep. by you. So these are yes. the AKG K92 High Performance Closed Back Monitoring Headphones, uh, yeah. which I bought for 30 quid, something like that, 40 quid. Yeah, I think they're about that. Yeah. Something like that. And so I bought them because my previous headphones, which were Sennheiser, I got them about nine years ago. They were HD201s, weren't they? I've no idea at all. They were also your recommendation, and yeah, the the uh, the pad that goes by your ear, which probably got a name, I don't know what it's called, was starting to flake off. So I mean, because the sound quality those was really good, but these are so much better, and they're so much more comfortable as well. The yeah, the, so the, much the, more. the structure of it is really really nice, and that's it. Really, sound quality is really good. They're comfortable. What you mean by the structure is that they've got like a ribbon yeah. that goes over your head. So rather than sort of the the HD two hundred ones that you had before, because I had them as well, and I've got the K ninety twos as well. The HD two hundred ones they like hugged your head quite hard. Yes, they did. I felt like my ears were being squashed when I wore them for extended periods. Whereas these I could wear all day, and frequently actually do wear all day, and they don't feel bad at all. The other thing is the cups on these headphones. They are big enough that even my big Dumbo ears sit inside of the actual mm-hmm. cups rather than being squashed by the edges. So yeah, they're by no means the caveat that I would give for anyone that's looking at headphones. If you're an audiophile, then these are not like, as Chris said, they are 30 to 40, I think. 40 pounds like, yeah. is going to be the maximum you'll pay for them. Although on Amazon, when I got them, it did say they were for use in the studio. Um, I, I yeah, don't think it'd be particularly... Yeah, aren't. Y- yeah. 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 So they they are really nice headphones and they do create a really clear sound. I'm not an audiophile. Let me just put that out there. But they for me, they make music sound better and they make games sound great and they have this 3D element like the, this 3D space to them. They have a space to them when you mm. hear things. It 
it sort of feels like the sound is happening in the room around you rather than being pushed in your ears through a very small space if that makes sense you can tell i'm not an audiophile but if you are these probably aren't for you these are for people that don't want to spend loads and loads and loads of money on a good good set of headphones these are just very good yeah. mid-range headphones they're a good recommendation from you so i'm passing on the recommendation because they're great if you were an audiophile i think you'd be a midi thank you very much <laughs> I, I was working on that for a while yeah i think you'd be a wav <laughs> There you go. Based on what? I'm not explaining myself. That wasn't part of the part of the exchange. Right. So my second recommendation then, it's something that I've recommended to you. And I, I'm kind of expecting that it will be on your list as well. Oh, no. Because this is the 8-bit do, or 8-bit do. Don't really know how you say this. SN30 Pro Plus game controller. Yes. Yeah, so is this on your list? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, it was number two. So that... Straight to number two. Oh, was it? Brilliant. Yeah. Good. So the 8-bit do SN30 Pro Plus... I recommended these to you and then or this to you then I grabbed it myself so what have you got to say about the 8-bit though SN30 Pro Plus it's so intuitive the you plug it in and just straight away you're straight in with it and it's also really comfortable my daughter had a go on it and she called it the queen of game controllers which I thought was interesting which for queen rather than king or Mm. whatever but but there you go that's another analysis for another day it's it's just so you mentioned the connectivity like just to let people know you can connect this to your PC and it connects and works brilliantly because it works on the DirectX input interface that the Xbox controllers use. It also connects very easily to your Switch. You just have to press two buttons for either your PC or your Switch. You can also connect it to your phone. So like if you're playing games on your Android phone or your iOS phone, your Apple phone, you you can connect this and play those on there or tablets, obviously. And you can also as well buy... Uh, little adapters, retro adapters. So if you've got a Mega Drive in in your house or a SNES or anything like that, NES, any retro con- console, you can actually use this controller to play any games on there mm. by just buying an adapter, and it will be wireless as well. It came to the rescue for me this year because my Joy Cons suffered from the the drift. Yes, in about August September time, which mm. was inevitable because of how much I play my Switch. So I had to turn the Joy Cons off to be fixed by Nintendo, which took about a couple of weeks, and during yeah. that time. I didn't want to be bereft of my Switch, so I just used that instead, and it was easy. Yeah, I'm the same. We had a bit of a problem with Drift. We ended up buying a set of controls for £55, and I wish I'd known Mm. about the SN30 Pro Plus before. It sounds like some kind of ibuprofen, SN30 Pro Plus. I did think when you said that, that we're not recommending Pro Plus the medicine, we're medicine? No. Mm the supplements we're recommending the the gamepad there are other things to pick up on that as well so the battery lasts 40 hours without being charged i've never actually timed it but that is what they say the length of battery time is it's also a removable battery so if you end up with a shonky battery in a couple of years chances are you'll be able to replace it and it's just it give it a complete refresh mm-hmm. it feels so sturdy and high yeah, quality yeah it does it's not what i'm used to from third-party controllers at all like when we were kids we would have third-party controllers that cost you cost a tenner or whatever they felt crap and they would break this is not that my brother had one for his mega drive it was one of the ones that had six buttons and had turbo mode and all that and it yeah. just it just felt cheap yeah i remember thinking at the time when i was probably like eight or seven or whatever just thinking yeah this, this doesn't feel good <laughs> No, exactly that. So, uh, whereas this does, this feels, mm. uh, people compare it, and rightly so, to the Switch Pro controller, which mm-hmm. is very sturdily built and a lovely feeling controller. Well, like I say, queen of controllers. Queen of controllers, and 20 quid cheaper than the Pro controller or any of the other uh, first party controllers. So, Good on Nintendo Premium. Yeah, have you used any of the customizable button stuff? Because you can. No. No. What are you about? Yeah, I know. So there's a piece of software that you can download where you can change the sensitivity of buttons. So like your triggers. If you're if you're a big FPS player and you use 
a controller, which I know that FPS people tend to avoid, but you can make it like a hair trigger. So my God, I did, I did not it, know that at all. That's amazing. Yeah. And you can also remap all the buttons. So you can, instead of having start as your start button, you could have start as your A button or whatever. So depending right. on what you're playing, you might... You know, if you want to change your X and your and your circle buttons, you can do that with this controller to play uh, Japanese RPGs. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't recommend it more highly. I really, again, just like this Mi Band, it, it blew me away with how mm. high quality it was for the price that we paid for it. Is there anything else that you would say about the controller? Because that's on our both of our lists, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Cool. I've only got one mince pie left. Are you enjoying watching me eat them, or is it gross? Not really. No, I'm ignoring it. Oh, what are you enjoying yeah. about this? This is one of your presents. Yeah, I'm not enjoying it. I, Why? I, I'm just not enjoying it. What's your third recommendation? My third recommendation is another item that has cropped up in the podcast over the course of this year. It's mm. the Bitmap Books, The Art of Point and Click. Mm. Did you think I was going to mention this? I thought that you would. Yeah, yeah I, Linkling. I thought about putting it on myself just in case, but I didn't. So go for it. What is that and why are you recommending it? So it's one of the most nicely presented books about games I've read. I've got quite a few of those. I, I hate the phrase coffee table books because no one actually used them as coffee table books, but like it's the nicest book about games that I've mm. seen. So I've got one about Sonic down there. I've got one about the Mega Drive. And this one is just the nicest. It's, it's really long. It's, it's very heavy. It feels, uh, it's, it's really good quality. It's, it's about, I think between four to 500 pages on the history of points and click games with interviews yeah. with so many key people in the genre. Yeah. Um, so you've got Ron Gilbert, you've got Tim Schafer, you've got interview with... I think Ken and Roberta Williams, if I remember, who are the founders of Sierra, Sierra. Mm. Entertainments, yeah. And you've then got with the key games in the history of point and click, you've got these enormous colour spreads that show the, off the detail and yeah. it's just a really lovely history of the genre which I absolutely adored when I was growing up and it mm. has made uh, an appearance a few times over the course of this game where... Yeah, notably when we were interviewing Ben uh, Ward and Dan Marshall for Larry the Clockwork God and they were aggrieved that they weren't in yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that was I, I just finished reading to that point. It made me realise, which I was quite foolish in retrospect to have not really put two and two together, but just how much time and energy and effort goes into those sorts of games and the thing i found the most interesting well, was, any games isn't it really well with with these points and click games the fact that you've got to plan the puzzles and then you kind of plan the yeah. game around the puzzles or then there's some mm. some developers that went the other way and they planned the world and then plan the puzzles within the world and i just found that really mm. interesting it was just a really really lovely book and i'd highly recommend it it's 30 pounds which is a fairly high price point i don't think 30 pounds for the kind of book that is is particularly exorbitant mm. because it's a really nicely made artifact yeah from what i've seen of bitmap books in general they just seem like really high quality creators yeah i think they've got about 15 books now and you've got this one on the art of snes games one on the cover art i think of game boy games uh, which looks quite nice. There's one about micro machines mm. as well. So it's kind of going away from yeah, games a niche. bit. Yeah, mm. but I thought that, I mean, I, w I wasn't really that into micro machines, but the look of that book, I thought, oh, it looks quite interesting actually. Yeah. So mm. yeah, they're well worth a follow on Facebook at the very least, just because they talk about what's coming up and on, yeah. on their slate and, and so on. If you're looking for something slightly cheaper in the book domain, but still game related, there are two books that spring to mind. One is Blood, Sweat and Pixels by Jason Schreier. Mm. Yeah, good call. Who is, I think, a fantastic journalist and whose book is really interesting. I, the thing that springs to mind from that is the Stardew Valley Eric Barone chapter, which I found really interesting. 
and uh, only made me like Stardew Valley more. I really liked the chapter about Shovel Knight because it just sounded yeah. like the development of that game just sounded so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that book is just full of insights into how mm-hmm. people make games. The other one that I have really enjoyed reading is Console Wars, which I can't remember who wrote Console Wars, but it's the story of the 90s Console Wars between Nintendo and Sega and all of the different key players that were involved in that, the different things that were happening behind the scenes at Nintendo, the way that particularly interesting the way that Sega were actively attacking (laughs) Nintendo. It was part of their marketing campaign. It was part of their business model i suppose uh, they made it almost the spirit of the sega of of the sega brand to be the anti-nintendo uh, there was that famous advert that was sega do what nintendo don't yeah yeah there, you were going to say blast processing weren't i you? was yeah uh, it we was... didn't have blast processing in this country yeah but it's, it's from that it didn't book exist. I, it's from that book i remember yeah. that so it's by blake harris and this yes, is a, console was yeah this is a book that Long-time listeners might remember I was reading while my wife gave birth. Yeah. In between going off for KFC as well. It's also a documentary now, which I didn't realise. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Documentaries come out this very year. Right. There you go. We'll get on that as well then. Whose go is it? My go. It's my go. Oh, mince pie number six. Merry Christmas, Ashley. Thank you very much. So you asked me if I was getting a console for Christmas. And I did. I'm not. I, like, I've, I've not got one of the new consoles. I won't be getting one for a decent amount of time. I like to think of myself to some extent as a budget gamer. Try and do the hobby on a uh, on a bit more of a budget than other people maybe do and so i will be waiting a couple of years for the new consoles to bed in right off the back of that what i would recommend if are you, you buying are a podcast, playstation one is that your well, my recommendation is to get in on last gen now if you haven't already or if you haven't got both the consoles say and there are games that are interesting to you on the console you don't have then now's a the perfect time to get it because you what you're going to have is for one, prices are lower for the most part for the last generation consoles. In particular, with games, you're going to save yourself a ton of money because mm-hmm. there's hundreds and hundreds of games and hundreds and hundreds of those games are going to be meager prices. This is the cheapest time to play the last generation. Once we get past the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X into the next next generation, these consoles will probably start the, because the games have been grabbed by people that actually want them mm-hmm. and they'll hold on to them, especially collectors. As things get less and less available, prices will start to go up. So if you're looking at collecting or if you're looking at actually just playing some interesting games, exceedingly good games in a lot of cases, for very, very cheap prices, then now is the time to buy yourself a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One or One X. I was about to ask what you meant because I've still got my Xbox 360 plugged in downstairs. Oh, well, there you go. So have I, interestingly. The caveat to that is you may, if you are looking at the PlayStation brand, then by all means, jump in on a PlayStation 4. They are well worth the money. There's tons and tons of games that you can only play on the PlayStation 4 that you will only ever be able to play on the PlayStation 4. Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Very good game. Having said that, if you're looking at the Xbox... Sackboy. Ratchet and Clank. Sackboy. Thanks, Chris, for interrupting so many times there. If you're looking at the Xbox brand, if you're looking at the Xbox side of things, then another very valid option would be to buy an Xbox Series S, which is about £250, I think, at launch, which is unbelievable. To be quite honest, I have absolutely zero interest in the in this current generation or whatever it is uh, next gen, whatever. And this whole naming thing, I find very confusing. So it's, it's Xbox One, Series S, and Series X. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We could talk the tail off that particular issue, but I, th- I think other people have beat us to the punch quite a number of times. Uh, yeah, the I, Xbox. I just have consoles no... are very confusingly named. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with it. But no. the Series S is the cheaper 
of the two and okay. it is comparable probably price wise to what is available last gen so if you are looking at the xbox side of things then it might be worth buying it for the extra 20 30 quid that you might save because it will play all of the games that the xbox one plays anyway so yeah that's my recommendation that's a really buy, good call I, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's very clear buy a last gen console <laughs> or maybe buy a xbox series s because you will get all of the benefits of buying the last gen console anyway the other side of that is buy a switch if you don't have a switch you should absolutely buy a switch because that eco the ecosystem aside from it being slightly more expensive to buy games on it mm. um than other consoles the switch is just packed to the brim with brilliance both in terms of games that it offers and in terms of just the experience of playing yeah. games on the switch it's really really great so yeah they're they're my console recommendations not the new ones buy the old ones the ps2 was my previous favorite console but the switch has toppled it i think the switch is amazing i, I could bang on about how great the switch is for a whole episode of yeah. my podcast i really good if i was gonna recommend because i am sort of being somewhat budget conscious i don't want to i didn't want to fill this recommendation list with things that were hundreds of pounds yeah so if you can get yourself a cheap second-hand console then i would recommend doing that the switch it still commands a very very mm. high price even second-hand it will still go for more than 200 pounds yeah right i'm gonna go for uh, item number four on my list um go. the left side of my body's starting to feel a bit tingly that'll be the mint spice yeah i've just did that have cinnamon in i'm just warning you i don't think so so uh. my fourth recommendation is linked to games tangentially but it's not really so i'm gonna mm. go for a, a music a music recommendation before i go right. for a music recommendation i'm gonna give an honorable mention to an item that was in my list but i changed it last minute the soundtrack to yoku's island express that was in your list or that is the mm. item. no no that that was in my list but it's been toppled mm. so yoku's island express soundtrack is lovely it's very yeah, really relaxing yeah and it reminds me a lot of the first Gorillaz album. It's it's quite dubby and got scratches and beats and mm. uh, and sort of a bit like the specials or something. And yeah. there were several points during lockdown where I'd be sat doing a jigsaw because that's what I did, is what everyone did. Sat doing a jigsaw. My daughter. Would I be didn't. Sat- I didn't do that. We should do. Jigsaw's great. And my daughter was sat doing some of her work, and I decided to put the Oku's Island Express soundtrack on, and we both just be sat doing our thing and enjoying that mm. as the background. It was it was great. So that sounds lovely. Why isn't that on your list? What have you replaced that with? Oh, so, uh, you'll, you'll find out. So I just wanted to mention that because that's kind of, that's Yeah, that's a really good me. recommendation. Okay, yeah. so my music recommendation that isn't Yoku's Iron Express is the new album by Gorillaz, which is called Song Machine. This is, again, this is 2020 for me because, mm. firstly, I absolutely adore Gorillaz and have done for 20 years. And they've done this thing this year where they've released the songs once every two months and with each one being accompanied by a video. So over the course of this year, I've had this sort of drip, drip, drip of, of new gross music, which I've really mm. enjoyed. And again... They've been working with Beck and things, haven't they? Yeah. So the album came out uh, last month now and it's mm. sort of brought everything together. There's some fantastic songs and there, some of the best stuff that they've done for, for over a decade. But there are some some game links, don't worry. So one of the no, songs... No, I know. I know where you're going with it. Yeah. I think it was really a really interesting project so one of the songs is called pac-man which is a song all mm. about the game pac-man with a video that's about pac-man and it's a blooming great song mm. they've also as part of the promotional work for it they popped up in animal crossing 
So yeah, they did like a little yeah, which was music video in Animal Crossing, which was really bizarre. So the two people behind it, Damon Albarn and Jamie Hewlett, they popped up as themselves being interviewed within Animal Crossing, and then the cartoon singer of the band then appeared with Beck performing a song oh, really? together in Animal Crossing, which is very oh. strange cross pollination. And then the other gaming link, which is a bit odd, the GTA. Yeah. So yeah, the song that Gurus did with Beck was released as a single at the start of November and they released a video for it where it was basically them driving around in GTA 5 using the video editor to just show them driving around Los Santos and it was a pretty boring music video in all honesty. After about four days the video got pulled down off the internet and Gorillaz yeah. had a, a cease and desist from Rockstar saying that they'd, <laughs> they'd used their uh, their property without you know asking them so they had to take it down and it, it just seems like a bit of a you know surely no, 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 not that. Surely someone at, at Gorilla's HQ would have thought, mm, we're using this game. Maybe we should check if that's okay. Yeah, I think actually you and I have had this conversation previously because you said yeah. that. And I, I do understand, like, why didn't someone pass it by Rockstar or Take-Two? But also, why would Take-Two or Rockstar, why would they look at a, what is fairly high profile music endeavour between mm-hmm. Beck and, and Gorillas? Why would they look at that and go, well, the optics on this are that we send a cease and desist. That's the best thing that we can do. <laughs> Why didn't they look at that and go, let's cash in on this. Let's endorse this and see if we can push people towards what we offer. You know, yeah, like they, could yeah. have, they could have created some goodwill and instead they chose to create some badwill. Yeah. I and just don't get it. And that's what I felt the Animal Crossing thing did. It felt like goodwill. Like Animal Crossing has been lots of people's game of choice during lockdown because of it the alternative. Yeah. Precisely. And I felt that was a good merging of the two different brands. And yeah, the the whole Rockstar thing just felt a bit sour. But I I don't know. I I can see Rockstar's point completely, really. Yeah, I I can. I can. At a certain juncture, at a certain point, someone in Rockstar has had to make a choice. Do Do we go for the negative or the positive? And they've chosen the negative and it just feels fairly typical without getting bogged down into... Yeah. Uh, the doings of Rockstar. Should we move on? Yeah, okay. Have you got one item left now? I've got two. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so uh, number four for me is I'm rolling two into one and it kind of is games. My recommendation number four is Xbox Game Pass. Okay. But also on, on top of that or to the side of that, Epic Game Store. There you go. So Xbox two for Game one. Pass. Yeah, almost literally two for not. <laughs> yeah. In the case of Epic Game Store two for none. Xbox Game Pass, for anyone that isn't aware, I'm sure you are aware, is a service that Xbox offer, Microsoft offer, where you pay a subscription upfront, like Netflix style. I think it's £8 for the Xbox Game Pass for PC, which I am subscribed to. And that's a monthly fee, which then gives you access to hundreds of games. You can get different iterations of that. So there's Xbox Game Pass for the console and you get access to other games. And there's Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which gives you PC and, and console access i took it out a few months ago and honestly i couldn't be more pleased with it i i'm playing as i say on the pc and i've completed four games both the ori games which were phenomenal and mm-hmm. worth the worth the price of admission on their own tourist which was a game that i wanted to play but i didn't really want to spend mm-hmm. money on and what was the other one what was the other one that i completed chris the gardens between it was called it's a tiny little indie game about two or three hours and me and Hannah, we sat down in the evening and we played it through from start to finish in that single evening. It was a really lovely experience. On top of that, I've I've probably played 
I've got 30 of the games installed on my PC ready to go, so I could jump in on any of those. This gives you the opportunity to, to dabble in them, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and I've yeah. done that quite a lot. I've played a bit of the old Age of Empires games, so they've done definitive nice. editions of those, and I've played uh, a bit of each of those three. I've been playing Forza Horizon 4. It's a game that I wouldn't necessarily... I don't have an Xbox, so it's a game that I wouldn't have had access to if it wasn't for this, and I've been playing that and really enjoying it. Knights and Bikes, which is... I recommended it in my in my list. It's, it's a, a double fine game. Double fine mm. game, and it's a lovely game. Full Throttle Remastered, again, another game that I've not played before, mm. but have had... A, opportunity to play because it's part of this service spiritfarer came out on the day it came out if that makes sense it came out to xbox game pass the day that it was released right with you microsoft flight simulator a game that i've never played before but sort of looked interesting i've been able to play that through this all for it's eight pounds full price but i paid four pounds for three months so even better and if snakes on a plane taught us anything, it's that by playing that, you're now able to land a plane. I'm pretty sure I know how to land a plane. Yeah, I've played it for an hour. That's all you need. Yeah. The, the list goes on. This is the thing. I haven't played an Xbox since the Xbox 360, for all intents and purposes. And now I've played a bunch of games. A lot of them, Sunset Overdrive, another one that's Xbox exclusive. Been able to play that because of Xbox Game Pass. And it's cost me less over the last four months than buying a game. Which basically, because you recommended it to me, so I had a look into it, mm. it's, it's essentially Netflix for games, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. The other thing that's happening before the end of the year, it's happened for the Ultimate, people that are subscribed on the Ultimate Pass, uh, they already have access, as well as to Xbox Game Pass, they have access to EA Play. And right. that is coming to the PC version of Game Pass as well. So sometime in the middle of December, you will go from having a 100 or so games available to you to having those hundred plus anything that is on ea play it's just phenomenally good value for money the games on there are very high quality Mm. really great games some things that just wouldn't necessarily come onto my radar that i have tried and enjoyed just because i can yeah definitely so yeah xbox game pass epic game store is the other side of that there has been a lot of turmoil for some reason. I really just don't get it around Epic Game Store and the fact that people are going to have to, I, I think, and I could be getting this wrong, I don't want to court controversy by misrepresenting anybody, but it seems to be that people are worried about Epic Game Store because the exclusivity uh, that they're getting on certain games that come to the PC. So Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, if you got it on PC, you had to get it through Epic Game Store. Right. Frankly, I, I don't see the problem with that. Personally, if you can get it on PC, you can get it on PC. It doesn't matter where you're getting it. The problem that I do see coming up is if you've got 15 different storefronts, Steam, Epic, and then lots of other ones that over the next 10 years or whatever, and, and your game collection becomes very fragmented. But at the moment, that's not happening. And my intention is I will keep Epic Game Store, I will keep Steam, and everything else will fall in line with that. Fair enough. The benefit of Epic Game Store is that you get every week free games i don't know how you can complain or no. argue with that just sign up and have the free games don't ever buy anything on there if you don't want to just well, get the free games that was your recommendation to me so that's why i've done so over the course of the last couple of months since you mentioned it to me i've downloaded rollercoaster tycoon 3 yeah which is the complete edition so i had all the dlc mm. included for free and i downloaded costume quest 2 for free yep good game. and abzu which i then bought on the switch anyway but there's only one pound 90 on the switch yeah. But no, yeah, exactly. 
So, and that's a tiny selection of the amazing games that have actually come to it. The Grand Theft Auto Five came for free mm. to Epic Game Store. Wasn't that it during lockdown free. and like made it all their servers crash because everyone was trying to get it for free? I think I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was earlier this year. Uh, Ghostbusters, the video game, the remastered version of that. That was given away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Civilization VI, an amazing game, given away for free. Rocket League. Uh, in fact, they, they gave people £10. If you downloaded Rocket League, right? they gave you a £10 voucher. <laughs> so it was when it was going free to play, and they gave you a £10 voucher. So yeah, grab that, get £10. Lots and lots of games. A lot of good games as well. I've got over 50 games, that, and, and I've only paid for three of them. So yeah, I, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned, yeah, if you're going to game on a budget. What's your last item? My last one is a game, not a video game or computer game if we're not American. Ooh. It's oh, it's the family edition of Cards Against Humanity. Interesting. So there is a slight crossover here for our final recommendation. Have so you the bought, family version have you of bought Cards the Cards Cards edition of Family Against Humanity? I haven't. No. Right. I, okay. I, contemplated it but uh, yeah. decided against yeah. it so i bought this for my godson who is eight it is what it says in the tin it's a family edition of cards against humanity i think that that's a good recommendation there are other alternative versions of cards against humanity available i found a harry potter one and there's also a disney one but they're unofficial and i'd also <laughs> not be sure if they were family friendly because of that however this one is you know, official legit cards against humanity approved and branded etc and a family friendly version and um i think my like i say eight and a half year old godson i think he's going to really enjoy yeah. this so apple swapples that is another version if you're looking at getting a game for a family that is another version of this game as well so right cars against humanity but for families exactly the same format but family friendly it ties into my fifth recommendation okay shall i jump in yes please so my fifth recommendation is not video games yep Otherwise known as board games. So I've gone for that broad category. Yeah, there is a lot of crossover as well between board games and, and computer games. So mm. generally, if you if you do find that you like computer games, then chances are that if you're not playing board games already, you probably would like quite a few of them. There's obvious crossovers that you can play digital versions of board games. There's a couple of websites, Board Game Arena and Tabletopia. They both are places that you can go and you can play fully fledged versions of games that already exist so nice. wingspan's a very popular brand new ish board game that came out last year and you can play that for free on tabletopia wingspan the digital edition is also coming to the switch and to okay. the playstation and to pc and it's it's a really lovely game we, we actually have it and i'd recommend wingspan anyway other notable digital versions of board games if that's the route that you want to take ticket to ride a very fun game anyway you can get that and all of its uh, various iterations digitally on the pc the playstation the nintendo switch and so on carcassonne which is a fantastic easy to pick up easy to play family game where you lay down tiles to build up a city and mm -hmm. the surrounding area and then score points in various ways and then one of our favorite games mine and hannah's favorite games to play on our phones together is evolution which is a little game where you score points by creating your own species of animal right so there are some notable digital board games does it have monopoly deal that's the question not that i know of. i don't oh. think there is a digital version of monopoly deal however a very good recommendation yeah so this is a, a card-based version of monopoly that me and my wife got into about three or four years ago and you know the the, the very concept a card 
based version of Monopoly does sound a bit naff. It's, it's better than Monopoly. And it, it really is better than Monopoly. And you can get a pack for like a fiver and it is brilliant. You brought that round to our house. We then found it for £3.50, so not even a fiver. There you go. Uh, in a real nice box, we bought ourselves a copy. We bought Hannah's mum and dad a copy. We bought my brother a copy. We bought our auntie a copy and we spread it throughout the whole family. <laughs> good it was great so yeah. yeah that is a fantastic game fantastic recommendation i have a list of games that i would recommend because frankly i've recommended some digital ones but the best way to play board games is on a table yeah so some analog games if you are stuck in a household with only a couple of people in it then i would recommend these are all good at two players azul there are three versions of that game get any of them they're all really good seven wonders duel which is a little card game where you build up a little civilization. Again, two players. Between two castles of Madkin Ludwig, where you build together a pair of castles and then score mm-hmm. Targi, which is a nice little two-player game all about tribes in the desert. Jaipur, which is a like a trading game. And Patchwork, which uses tetrominoes to build up a patchwork quilt, which, sound, which sounds ridiculous and rubbish, but is brilliant. Then these ones play really good with two players or more. They play just as well with two as they do with the full complement of, of them. So I mentioned Wingspan. Brilliant. Another one by the same designer, Elizabeth Hargrave, that came out this year. Mariposas, which is all about butterflies moving from Mexico to Canada and back again. All right. Honestly, it's brilliant. And it Brother. looks really, really nice. Isle of Cats, which is, again, based on tetrominoes. You, you are captains of ships, of these ships that are trying to save some cats from extinction. Carcasson, which I mentioned digitally, but is brilliant for two players. Brilliant for four or five or six if you've got the expansions then these aren't necessarily good for two players. They're just good games. So there's Dixit, which is... It's an imaginative card game. I don't know how to explain it better than that, but Dixit, look it up. It's brilliant. Uh, Exit, the game. Have you heard of Exit, the game? Nope. They are basically... Dixit, but not Exit. Okay, Exit is a series of about 10, I think, now. Escape rooms in a box. So you can only use them once. They only cost about a tenner, and you have an evening where you do a little escape room. It's great. At a friend's house, I played a couple of board games that were escape room ones it may well have been one of them actually there's another set called unlock so that's another mm, i can't remember uh, but, but they, yeah they were really fun exactly yeah i'd highly recommend them and then the last one is a game called clinic which is basically like i mean it's like theme hospital without the sense of humor which maybe doesn't appeal to everybody hmm. but you build in your own hospital what was the insect one that you and i played last christmas Ooh, was it hive maybe Five is a really good two-player game with the um, different insects. Yeah, yeah, and they're clicky clacky. I just remember those. Was it like beetle and earthworm and yeah, like ladybirds? Yeah, yeah. It's like a trimmed down version of chess that doesn't take place on a board. Something like that. Yeah, it's really good. Five's really good. I I forgot to recommend that. You can play that on one of the websites that I recommended as well. So, so I should show up now and let you do your last one. That's it. I've done all mine. Aren't I? Because we we doubled up on. uh, the Preplus controller. Mm, okay, fair enough. So yeah, board games. Mm, they're the new video games. <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, but we're not going to start a, a Splinter podcast on board games, are we? I. That's actually what I'm angling for. I don't know if you fancy it. Oh, I could bring someone else in, maybe. I think doing this one night a week and then doing that another night a week, I think... Kind of tiring enough, get, innit? Yeah, exactly. So that's it. 
that's Christmas. That's Christmas 2020. If you take on all of our recommendations, then not only are you going to have a good Christmas, but you're going to have a good life. <laughs> that's how good those recommendations are. What more could you ask for? <laughs> exactly. A good life. We give. That's what we're trying to give you. As we said at the beginning, if you have listened to this and you want to ask us some questions about anything that we've recommended, uh, if you want to recommend things to other people, please do come and find us on Facebook and Twitter in particular, because that's the best place to chat, really, about all this stuff. I'm sure there are lots of questions that maybe we've not been able to cover it 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 was quite a an intense download of information there wasn't it yeah so yeah come and find us i feel a bit like Philip on Schofield. our social media fritz gofield does those how to spend it well programs and i feel that's what we've done how to spend video game money well i really really hope so i hope that it's been useful to at least one person thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week for a slightly more traditional episode but a christmas themed episode nonetheless christmas themed yeah bye